0: This podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present, and acknowledge the ongoing connection to land, waters, and culture. Colonization and genocide are ongoing processes that still happen today. Sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land
1: the groovy little shake you've got there mm-hmm. still enjoying the uh, the imaginary themes yeah yeah i'm just imagining that
0: echoey drum line the
1: funky beats yeah welcome back to two gentlemen discuss the news a weekly news podcast about news and politics my name is zach lasnack and with me as always is my co-host
0: Hey, I'm noon. Before we started recording, Zach was like, "I think we could do some joke intros. I think that's a cool thing that podcasts do. Joke intros." This is not an exact quote; I'm paraphrasing. Um, and he was like, "I've got this good. I've got this one about gentlemen discuss the news." But well,
1: I, what I not, what I, I mean said to what you, the joke word for word was. The was joke bit. <laughs> I've got a very I've got a half baked, undercooked idea about right. gentlemen discuss the news, and I haven't developed it any further. <laughs> and then I just got thrown into the intro. You know out of the blue, and uh I just did you know i did I did what I could in the moment, okay mm-hmm. <laughs> welcome to OzPol SnackPod, the podcast
0: where we attempt to come up with a joke tagline each week, but fail miserably
1: well look
0: we we can start from next week listen, send us in your concepts for joke intros that
1: we can pretend are our own uh thank you for joining us again. Thank you very much to our new patron kate um you're going to be getting some bonus content this month uh, over on the Patreon. One US dollar a month, monthly bonus episode, Discord access. You know what it is You know, what you know is how about. Patreon
0: works. Yeah, you've been on the internet.
1: We don't need to tell you all this again. Um, Noon, it was a very solemn and special mm-hmm, occasion mm-hmm. this week. Yep. Hitler's birth. Though 20. Mm-hmm. um yeah.
0: <laughs> um... Yeah, that's right. It was 420 uh, International Weed Day, except not really in Australia. Oh, oh sorry, man. Zach did I did I mention Hitler in the first five minutes of our podcast
1: again? I, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> At least you didn't say. It. Well, now I can't say it. So. <laughs>
0: yeah cool well (laughs) uh it was 420 the the day that in america it's weed day and in australia because we're a colony of the u.s is also weed day
1: (laughs) uh so we thought i'd give you just a tiny little one of better better things that we've (laughs) inherited
0: yeah i guess so yeah unfortunately we haven't inherited their like widely available recreational and or semi-medicinal cannabis industry um yeah, I thought I'd just give our listeners a little weed update. There's the state of the nation of weed of Australia update for 420. <laughs> um, and actually, medical cannabis products are legal in Australia, um, technically. But actually, there's only one medical cannabis product that's legal in <laughs> Australia, which is called Sativex. Uh, it's a nasal spray and is essentially non-psychoactive in 97.8% of cases.
1: <laughs> God, if you could just... There's no quicker way to suck the fun out of a chemical than making it a fucking nasal spray. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Like, you going to get hair? (laughs) (laughs) No! (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, and so it can be prescribed for cancer or non-cancer pain, anorexia and wasting associated with chronic illness, or chemotherapy-induced nausea, and other conditions. And actually, each prescription doesn't need to be run past the TGA. So if you go to a, like, weed doctor, they can just prescribe it for, like, whatever you happen to have. Um, But it isn't... Yeah, it's not psychoactive, so it's not, like, a fun time or anything. Mm. Um, and actually, last month, the TGA, the Therapeutic Goods Association, uh, Administration?
1: Hey, no one cares, man.
0: Yeah, Administration, <laughs> cool. Uh, no one cares. The TGA, uh, no one cares what that stands for. They actually approved cannabis products in general for over-the-counter pharmacy purchase, so for no prescription-needed mm. cannabis products, mm. uh, of CBD products specifically, uh, However, there are no products that have gone through the TGA process for clearance to be sold. It's probably going to take roughly a year, so they might start rolling out at the end of the year or the start of next year. And these will be like oil-based alternatives to like Panadol, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and so interestingly, um, you can technically get that good OG Rhino Pineapple Kush Hank Days Dank Haze nugs. Um, <laughs> Hank Days. The the blue Kush Sativa nugs. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, the, that yeah. the purple yupple. Exactly. Yeah. If your doctor, <laughs> we were talking about names for the episode and we thought maybe like weed brownies, but we've already done two of those. It'd have to be more weed brownies again. But I think we did do a purple yurple one, didn't we?
1: Yeah. So yeah. this could be more purple yurple. Yeah. True. Oh, I think it was yupple cabbage. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. We'll find something, but actually you can, your doctor can apply to the TGA to import weed like actual mm. psychoactive weed from california or whatever mm. um it's expensive and hassle but
1: yeah so basically single. it's as with most drug laws legal for rich white people is what you're yes about. exactly okay. yes yeah, all right that's cool. exactly it so happy 420, happy 420 everyone 20. happy uh, Hill's birthday what a fun what a fun story yeah
0: um i can only assume our next story is also going to be fun <laughs> It was the best of takes. It was the Blurst of takes. You stupid monkey.
1: Uh, So this week Blurst Take goes to multiple Blurst Take award Mm, winner. mm -hmm. uh, Former Sky News host and aspiring border cop Christina K. Keneally. Which, um, you made a discovery about Christina K. Keneally this week. Yeah,
0: listeners will know we've been joking about her name being Christina K. Keneally Several months now, because, you know, she does fashy things. Mm -hmm. She does stuff that's bad for people who aren't white. Um, Her initials are K and K. It's just like an obvious (laughs) joke straight out of The Simpsons. Uh, Christina K. Keneally. Turns out her middle name actually does start with a K. It's Kirsch. I'm pretty sure, which was her maiden name. Mm. Which means she actively decided when she got married to change her name she had a different middle name that started with a different letter, she deci- actively decided to make her initials KKK and as uh, <laughs> someone from I think it was someone from um, Not Good Enough Pod our, our pals over Not Good Enough Pod pointed out that as an American there's a 0% chance she didn't know that she was making her initials KKK Which, so,
1: Even if she wasn't from America I've No, they're a fairly over...
0: famous organisation
1: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean this is not news to a um, to, to many people no, including the right. folks over at not good enough but um, yeah hey here we are anyway so blood state goes to um christina k keneally for her article this week in the guardian about the biloela family that's priyanides Kopika, and taranika a tamil family who have been in detention for three years now um after uh and it the government is trying, has been trying to deport them for that time. Uh, so, Keneally had this piece in The Guardian entitled, I saw firsthand the terrible toll detention is taking on the Bill family. And the piece is like 90% about how psychologically and emotionally damaging detention mm-hmm. is, especially for children. But its purpose is really as a PR exercise mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Keneally, um, at least in large part. Um, uh, one little piece of evidence in favor of that analysis is mm-hmm. that the article has five photos in it and four of them are of Christina K. Keneally.
0: Uh uh-huh, Yeah. She's really the important person <laughs> in this story about psychologically damaged refugee children. Very.
1: Yeah. And, when she, and you know, it's like, it's a, a, an opinion piece written from her perspective mm. about going there and forging mm, this emotional connection yeah, with yeah. the family, especially with the kids and that, you know, they were admiring her jewelry and stuff. She tweeted, um, later in, uh, uh, like after she released the article, I'll be on the project tonight wearing the necklace that Kopaka and Taranika gave me on Christmas Island.
0: Oh, <laughs>
1: she's so human
0: and maternal.
1: Yeah. She really takes a very specific personal interest in this one family. Mm-hmm. So as I said, majority of the article is about how awful detention mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. And then at the end comes this quote, The government will say that Australia needs strong border control. I agree. Absolutely. Offshore processing, boat turnbacks where it is safe to do so, and regional resettlement are fundamental to border control, and I support them. But we could be strong on borders without losing our collective national soul. That's why the Migration Act gives the minister broad discretionary powers. Oh, no. And indeed, ministers exercise that discretion in thousands of migration cases every year. Jeez Louise. That's (laughs) That's <laughs> horrifying. if you describe that as a hard right turn, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when the rest of the article is like a description of I was hanging out at the like Christmas Island Recreation mm. Center with these two children and enjoying their parents' company, well, it just really puts the lie to the point about any
0: kind of general humaneness, like like you say, she's going to forge this one connection with this one family, and she's saying that we have discretionary powers where the minister can pick one random family and be like, I'm going to be nice to you while I let everyone else be tortured and psychologically damaged. Yes. And she's like, and that's how it should be. Yeah. There should be occasional exceptions. And, and, and Peter exactly. Dutton should make one or whatever, I guess. Well, like, at the not, moment, no it's uh, Karen Andrews. Yeah.
1: Um, And before that, uh, it wasn't Peter Dutton. He was Home Affairs. Uh okay. Um,
0: it was, it's Immigration, was it? Yeah, it's David, immig- it's the immigra-
1: yeah it's in- immigration minister sure. discretion power. But gotcha. this is this that that line about ministerial discretion mm. is totally key here because mm. it's textbook small L liberal stuff, mm-hmm. right? We'll keep the racist fascist policies, but there'll be a nicer person in charge. Yep. When I am immigration minister, I'll personally intervene to make sure that the specific refugees that you know mm. of and care mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm will be released Mm -hmm. while also protecting you from all the other dangerous refugees. So you get this kind of cosmetic appearance of progressivism, which crucially gives people the permission Mm -hmm. they need Mm -hmm. to vote labor, you know, feeling good about choosing the better option of the two without actually, you know, (laughs) advocating for any kind of serious change in like the way that we treat people coming and seeking asylum Mm -hmm. in this country. Mm -hmm. Um, and this, you know, hard on borders stuff is not new from Christina Keneally. In fact, when she first became uh, shadow home affairs minister in mm-hmm. 2019, she tweeted something with almost identical language. Quote, Labor fully supports offshore processing, boat turnbacks where safe to do so, and regional resettlement. This is like, you know, these are lines that have been workshopped, developed by her team, by the by the Labour Party. They are the the official line here. So it's obviously not just Christina Keneally, yeah, yeah. you know, it's probably unfair to uh you know, lay all of the horrible racism of Labour's uh, migration mm-hmm. policies like at mm-hmm. her feet. No, of course. But yeah. she's running She's the for one who's them. in charge of it yeah. Yeah. now. And yeah, like yeah. not just that, but like making herself one of the more publicly visible people within the Labour Party. Yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, this is one of the very few kind of... And, and to call it a point of difference is perhaps a bit generous. Because sure. in terms of policy, what she's saying is, we're not going to fucking change it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All it's going to be different And is let's that, not
0: forget that the, it was the Gillard government that brought in offshore detention in the first place. So, like...
1: Well, it, and in fact, it, the first uh, mandatory detention was y- uh, uh, introduced under Keating. Yeah, wow. And, like, you know going back to the inception of the Labour Party, like, right, they were right. known as the party of white Australia. Mm, mm. Like, they were very, very pro-white Australia mm. policy. So these kinds of, like, deeply racist, protectionist, hard-border stuff is in the DNA of the Labour Party. And, you know, do we go hard on Labour when it's, you know, Libs in power doing this stuff? Sure, but nobody expects any better from them. Yeah. Like, yep. you know... No one
0: who's listening to the show, anyway, <laughs> yeah, has it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whereas the Labour Party...
1: Well, yeah, tend to be it, progressive, and the the, the, we the deep, the deep hypocrisy of mm. of trying to you know put a progressive coat of paint on this deeply fucking horrific situation mm. is pretty sickening. Um, And we have you know, for example, just this week, uh, refugees being held in the in offshore detention by Australia in Port Moresby being attacked by locals with guns, like mm. you know mm. that. Uh, this was reported by um, Beriz Buchani this week. And yeah, that's what offshore processing looks like. That's mm, the policy mm. that Christina Keneally is saying, yes, we are fully in support of. Um, but also, it does look like kids like Kopika and Taranika spending their entire fucking childhoods in jail, mm, essentially. Mm. And, like, unfortunately, not everybody being imprisoned by the Australian government can have this same level of incredible grassroots and yep. community support that this family had. Mm. And it's amazing that they have that. It's mm. been the home to below campaign deserves so much credit for mm. making this a national issue. Uh, and there's a huge amount of pressure, you know, on the people in charge to do the right thing in this circumstance. But I would love to see Christina mm. Keneally taking the side of people who don't have national mm. media attention, mm. whose cases aren't a surefire public relations win. Cause that's, you know, yeah, the, yeah, that's right. Mm. That's what, you know, she, she can, she can, champion the th- this family because the public is on side but she knows that if she goes too far she's going to upset their center-right base by saying oh no we shouldn't actually have these mm, draconian border mm. policies in the first place so that's a pretty shit take not very happy with christina k keneally this mm. week um <laughs> and uh, un- uh unhappy with the labor party in general and their refusal to stand up to it will make the absolute minimum amount of like opposition to these uh, racist policies, but yep. of course, as as we said, um, it's in their DNA as a party. So why am I expecting that in the first place?
0: Well, thanks for that, I guess, Zach. <laughs> um, now we're going to move on to positivity
1: corner,
0: and this is a real classic snack pod style positivity corner
1: oh, great totally uncomplicated <laughs> just a, just a
0: good news yep. feel good time yep that's right yeah no so there's good news and bad news i'll i'll start with the good news and then explain that it's happening for awful reasons okay great so the good news is the chinois watermark coal mine is cancelled Hey, um, yeah so this was a, that's good that is good <laughs> uh, this was a coal mine planned on Gomery land in the liverpool plains in northern new south wales uh, the closest town is called Breeza, and Gunnada is nearby which is one that i had heard of so i don't know much about country australia so latte sipping lefty Um, And you may recall last year, Susan Lay, liberal uh, minister Susan Lay, saying uh, that the areas, quote, retain immeasurable cultural values in connection to country and are of, quote, particular significance to Aboriginal people, but that the sheer profit was, like, so extreme. There's too much
1: money at stake for us to give a fuck about that. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
0: So, the coal mine has been cancelled now. Do you want to guess if it had it? Anything to do with First Nations people or not?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> I no. don't want to guess. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, it was not cancelled because of Indigenous land rights. It was because farmers were mad, which is also a good reason, to be honest. And actually, um, you know, First Nations people and farmers often collaborate on mutually important things and, like, it's always super cool when that happens. Yeah. And um, in particular, I want to shout out Lock the Gate, who played a big part in this campaign mm-hmm. and like Frontline Action on Coal, Flack, mm-hmm. who have been uh, working on this for years. Um and, and Lock the Gate and, and Flack do work carefully with traditional owners and so on, or they try to. Um, but it's sad that we couldn't have done this just because it was important for the people who have lived here for so, tens yeah. of thousands of years.
1: The yeah. actual reason that you shouldn't be doing this,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and the way that it's been cancelled is also not great. Uh, this isn't the bad bit, by the way. This is still the uncomplicated positivity. <laughs> I order. mean, look.
1: It's still a, mo- a coal mine that's not happening. Yeah, yeah, for real. That would, it was going to be, like, deeply, deeply destructive. Yes, that's right. So, like, Definitely a good yeah. thing. Uh,
0: it's cancelled, um, and the New South Wales government, Liberal government, uh, cancelled it, and they paid out Shenhua, which is a Chinese government-owned mining company that paid them $100 million to cancel their licence, um, which is not a bad price to pay for not building a coal mine, even though we could have just not given them the licence in the first place, but anyway... Um, <laughs> <laughs> now zach can you imagine why a liberal government in new south wales might cancel a coal mine well like, you mentioned farmers right but like that i mean they've gone ahead with a whole lot of other coal mines despite it being bad for the farmers Do you?
1: yeah you, no you'll have to tell me okay
0: there's a by-election <laughs> in the area uh, and so all of the the farmers are about to have their once in four year expression of
1: being <laughs> angry exactly yeah, yeah.
0: um it's all coming together. That's right. And so the farmers are really angry about this. New South Wales government wants the nationals to win the seat or National Liberal Party to win the seat. And um, so they have cancelled the coal mine, spent $100 million on it.
1: Uh, and this is, That's really incredible because so much of the National Party's rhetoric is based around the idea that communities love having coal mines yeah. right in the middle of them uh-huh. <laughs> and like have to spend a lot of their time pretending like the fact that they are just essentially like the coal mining lobby yes. is actually them representing the will of the people when hmm, when it comes right down to actually getting elected maybe coal mines aren't so good for the, the politics business
0: Yeah. Um, wow I,
1: that's really wow
0: <laughs> I heard an interview from Fiona Simpson the head of the National Farmers Federation talking about um, the nationals like stance on coal and, and they were basically like well the national uh, the interviewer was like the nationals think this is a good thing uh, the coal mining is a good thing and she's like look uh, we represent farmers. I don't know what the nationals do, but um, they are welcome to do whatever policy they want. But we do what's good do. for farmers. Yeah, <laughs> a, a sick ban. Uh, but why is there a by-election in the Upper Hunter? And this is where the story takes a sharp turn into being a negativity oh, corner. Yeah. Get my serious voice on. It's because former New South Wales Nationals MP Michael Johnson has resigned after being accused of assaulting oh, a sex worker. This
1: is his seat. Wow. Yeah wow um
0: he's been investigated by the new south wales police for this alleged rape um yeah. and resigned at the end of the last month before, yeah that's yeah. right yeah yeah so there was a, a series of resignations like from his portfolio and then the party and now finally from yeah. parliament um yeah so that's well, why so that's
1: basically only because they like it's <laughs> that's just isn't politics great? That's isn't right. it grand? You know? <laughs> it's, it's amazing because I saw basically we, you know, we struggle every week to come up with a positivity quarter. Yeah. I saw a tweet that was like, hey, this canceled. coal mine isn't <laughs> happening. I was like, fantastic. <laughs> I sent it to noon. I was like, hey, look into
0: this one. I was really chuffed about it because I've heard about this mine for like nearly a decade. Yeah, well, we mentioned so it and that quote yeah. from Susan Lay specifically, yeah, yeah. like, sorry,
1: Suzanne Lay, mm-hmm. from, who's the, the environment minister, well, at least she was, was. yeah. yeah. Um yeah what like a year ago, yep. or something Yep. um, and like a yeah. uh, decade of grassroots
0: protest and activism eh. <laughs> m p commits sexual violence, goes- least yeah, as careful as coal mine, yeah, yep, that's um wild, yeah, that's yeah. a
1: wild story, yeah,
0: um, we've got two other very small little positivity corners, positivity angles, you know. Positivity nooks. Yep. Um, One is George Christensen. Uh, I said he won't contest the next election, which is cool. Um, Listeners probably know who he is, but he's like a far-right dickweed in the Liberal National Party.
1: Yeah, he's a real piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good that he won't be in Parliament anymore. He will still be very powerful and influential, though. Yes,
0: there is speculation that he's resigned because new evidence of crimes has come out. There's always people talking about sex tourism and whatever, and we don't really want to get into that. I don't think we have any evidence of that, really. The AFP has said that maybe he hired sex workers, but maybe not. Um,
1: I mean, he went to, like establishments like that sell sex services right right. yeah i think there's fairly the, good evidence the, for that
0: the afp said that they'd found no evidence of wrongdoing or criminal activity um
1: no but that he was like at a high risk of being, of compromised. being
0: compromised that's right yeah um so maybe that's happened <laughs> uh, well look i mean
1: he's been as cam wilson um in crikey points out yeah George Christensen has spent the last year or so basically pivoting to being a social media celebrity totally. in the vein of a Craig Kelly. Yeah. And he's, you know, considering that he's a backbencher, he's, in, he's one of the top 10, like, most engaged with politicians, right, Australian right. politicians on Facebook. So he's basically building this social media following for himself. He's got this nice little parachute. So, and, you know, he's, he's like, his statements about resigning have all been like, oh, this is because lefties have made politics so anything. yeah so politically correct and all of our institutions have been captured by the left which mm-hmm. is like what
0: what well, fucking world do you live in? Yeah.
1: Do you live on dro- Well I know what you you live in a in a in a slimy disgusting racist planet yeah and keep it to yourself bro anyway i'm glad that he's out of politics we yep. definitely haven't seen the last of him um and without being the constraints of being uh, uh, an mp <laughs> He'd probably be free to say a bunch more, even more fucked up shit. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Mm-hmm. The other positivity corner um <laughs> is that uh Australia's premier Nazi Tom Sawell has gotten doxxed by some other white nationalists. Yeah. They posted his address. Um I, I just love it when anything bad happens to that guy uh-huh. so, um, uh, i also love
0: it when neo-nazis fight amongst themselves yeah
1: in fighting amongst white nationalists is um is a positive thing as well mm. so fuck you tom sewell you're an absolute piece of shit uh and i'm glad that your house got doxed largely because you left a nazi review on a kfc <laughs> you've you just fucking... You you fucking popcorn chicken. All right. That's enough uh, positivity for one week.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Unfortunately,
1: that's all we've got. Great, great. Okay.
0: Cool. Well, this next story, uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. Let me take a big sip of
1: water. Fasci Australia. Ah, <sighs> oh, jeez. Well... Mark Latham's bigoted anti-trans bill is currently in committee in New South Wales Parliament. Cool. Yeah, so it's called the Education Legislation Amendment Parental Rights Bill. Uh-huh. And um, even the name is a crock of shit to yeah. frame this as if it's about parents' rights. Uh-huh. Ridiculous. I suppose also probably not a bad... Probably, you'd, you know, you can guess this, but like there's going to be mentions of transphobia in this story, so... Um, Maybe we'll put time codes if you don't want to subject yourself to that. Anyway, yeah, it's piece of legislation. is a crock of shit. The bill basically wants to erase all acknowledgement of the existence of trans and gender diverse people from schools, Mm -hmm. make it possible to fire teachers Mm -hmm. who talk to kids about gender diversity, like even mentioning the concept. Um, It also prevents counselors from affirming trans and gender diverse kids' gender identity, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. prevents them from even referring them to services with gender affirming support. Like, this is a, des- a a bill basically, specifically designed to kill trans kids. Yep. I don't think that there's any other way to interpret this. Uh, Latham, you know, generally speaking, I try not to give him too much air mm. on the show because he's an irrelevant D-grade celebrity whose only move, uh, his only goal is to stoke culture war bullshit by saying the most provocative thing that he can. Yeah. Um, this obviously is different though, because it's a bill in parliament. parliament And like, I genuinely don't know what the chances are of it getting passed. I suspect that it's not high because it's quite extreme, but this is still incredibly dangerous because it, you know, he's inviting public debate Mm, on the mm. legitimacy of trans people's existence. It's, it's, I mean, just, just the most absolutely evil shit that you can imagine. So, you know, the hearings have basically been an opportunity for people to just air horrible, course, bigoted, yeah. transphobic views. In Parliament, um, yeah. Yes. Um, well, they're in you know, committee. Sure, they're, sure. They're, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, same fucking difference. Um, and uh, I wanted to thank Luca for... Sharing this particular TikTok into the Discord, which um, is—it's just—it's a clip of the uh, a clip of the hearings and, and give you some idea of what the flavor of these hearings is like. I just want to play you this little snippet of Parliament that has just made me laugh so hard. The sexologist in me is crying.
0: You're here in your capacity as a psychologist, is that right? Yes. Um, your position is 100% rejected by the submission we have from the peak professional body for psychologists in Australia, the Australian Psychological Society. You're an outlier in the profession, aren't you? And your position is rejected by your own peak body, isn't it? um
1: well i reject their position i think it's a disgrace (laughs) but they're the Um, body the witness can answer the question please please allow the witness to answer there are lots of peak bodies i'm disgusted with the human rights commission i'm disgusted (laughs) with the commissioners for children and young people they've all drunk the cool aid of the transgender politically correct ideology it's just so funny everyone else is wrong but me definitely go check out kai lucas on on tiktok that's Um, wild yeah, just, like, there's a lot to um, hate there. Yep. Um, like, the like your position is rejected by the pig body for your own There yeah, well, There's lots of peak bodies. <laughs> there are lots of peak bodies is such a fucking all-timer. Another one, like, well, I reject their position. Like, <laughs> I know you are, but what un- am I? Exactly. It, it also reminds me a little bit of, like, um, I don't know, like, almost sovereign citizenship. Being yeah, like, yeah. Uh, well, no, they're, they're, these, these people's opinions don't apply because uh, I have my opinion. Um, and
0: you've also written here in the notes, "Cool aid
1: Cool aid yes. <laughs> um,
0: You know, it was Flavor-Aid, trans- guys. It was Flavor-Aid. Come on, get your mass murder suicide
1: history accurate. Come on. Um, <laughs> Flavor-Aid. Uh, yeah, drink of the transgender Flavor-Aid. And let me tell you, it's delicious and warming and uh, and wholesome. Um. so I mean this is the kind of caliber of person who's been brought in to speak in support of this bill you know people who are on the fringes sad little fucking kooks who are on the fringes of their uh, professions or mm, uh-huh. um, areas of expertise in, in quotes you know I mean it's people are just completely out of their fucking depth and they're wrong like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're just <laughs> their job is to come in and say wrong shit and that's exactly what the purpose of, the,
0: of this committee and this yeah, bill the, is yeah, yeah, the
1: purpose yeah. of the introduction of the bill so almost all the submissions in favor of the bill are from conservative christian groups big, this is my shocked yeah, face big yeah fucking surprise there's are there a, a wealth of, of submissions in opposition to the bill mm-hmm. including from um law experts who say that aside from anything else the bill is unconstitutional
0: hilarious are you sure it doesn't actually trans people who are unconstitutional zach <laughs> after Whitlam took out the letter S from the
1: constitution. Let me just put down my transgender flavor aid and answer that question. <laughs> the, so, I mean, I think this exposes really just that the, the, the conservative Christian lobby is exactly what they accuse trans activists of being mm. completely out of touch, ideologically, ideologically radical, mm. a minuscule minority whose views basically in no way reflect those of the broader population. I mean, this, th- These people, the Australian Christian Lobby, I mean, they took an enormous fucking L when they lost the marriage equality debate. And so it's like they've narrowed their scope to a smaller group of the LGBTQIA plus community that they can target and are trying to get a win here. Like these people are just uh, a fucking... Just just the absolute worst humans. And the idea of um, there being like widespread community concern about mm. this... It's fucking garbage. And one of the articles I read in prep, in research for this was uh, from the Australian, and I know it's my fault for <laughs> reading it in the first place. But they start with a quote in support of the bill from the Australian Christian lobby. Then they have a quote from uh, a quote uh, in opposition to the bill, and they finish out the article with another quote in uh, support of this transphobic bill from a group called the Human Rights Law Alliance. Okay. Which is just a charity set up by the Australian Christian lobby. But wow. like they couldn't even find two fucking reputable organizations to give them two quotes in support of the bill. They have yeah. to quote the same people in a different what? hat. Yep. Yep. It, like amazing. And uh, you know, again, This is 100% on me, but I read the comments under the Australian article. Yeah, wow. Which, as you can imagine, was a time. And, you know, Australian readers really like to think of themselves as possessing just good old-fashioned Aussie common sense. Um, That's why
0: Friendly Geordie says the common sense brigade is because he's actually a, a journalist for the Australian.
1: Very true. The Kind of one of the themes that emerges is this idea that, like... Acknowledging the existence of trans people and gender diversity isn't is ideological. Yeah. Whereas Mark Latham's like wanting to fire people for mentioning their existence is totally non-ideological. Yep.
0: yep. Uh, and the other thing that I, I tuned into the hearings briefly, mm. I, I kept tuning in just before they went on break. It seems like parliamentary committees seem to spend most of their time having lunch.
1: Well, they sit there just sipping water and drinking tea, you know.
0: And then they go and pee for 45 minutes and have a two-hour lunch.
1: Um, <laughs> it's not a difficult job.
0: But uh, Mark Latham, I, I tuned in at some point and, and they, someone Who is, of
1: course, 90% piss.
0: Yes. Um, someone was like, well, you don't think trans people exist or something. And he was like, that's not true. I, I 100% believe they exist. I just don't think we should uh, encourage teachers to t- uh, to make people trans or something. It's like,
1: you're just a loon you're making up nonsense yeah a a a total loon and like you know these comments under the the australian article for example the other trend that emerged is where are the teachers getting their training on this like
0: (laughs) maybe the government can provide some amazing educational material for young people (laughs) about their identity sorry so we'll get to that in a bit yeah (laughs)
1: Um, but i mean the idea that like teachers can't discuss anything ideological or that anything that they discuss isn't ideological is ridiculous. Like the, the absolutely arbitrary lines that these people draw in order to justify their own bigotry. Like I genuinely find it difficult to comprehend how Mark Latham can hold these like absolutely completely detached from reality ideas in his head. I mean, to be fair, he does mostly consist of piss, so he probably, yeah, you know... You shouldn't
0: have higher expectations.
1: Yeah, be. I I shouldn't. It's probably difficult for him to hold ideas in his head because it's so filled with piss. Um, anyway, uh, the other thing that happened was the committee hearings were disrupted by the community action for Rainbow Rights. Um, got a little clip i uh, going to play here. How dare you sit, sit there down. and try to oversee the rolling back of sit our down. rights, rolling them back by decades trying to attack the most vulnerable people in our society, transgender young people, you've already got a tough enough. You are nothing but a thug and a bigot who doesn't represent anyone but yourself, a tiny minority of bigots in this society. The vast majority of people want our schools to be inclusive spaces, don't want teachers to have to turn around and worry about their own jobs, their own livelihoods because of bills that you are trying to pass with the support of the Liberal Party in this parliament. How dare you sit there and oversee this hearing committee to try and get such disgusting attacks uh, put through? And they uh, uh, chant for a little bit, then eventually get um, kicked out by security. But, like, the staunchness to walk into that space where people are deliberately, like, (laughs) refusing to... Like, they're trying to introduce laws to make it impossible for people to... Acknowledge your existence, and to stand up to that shit in person is like just deeply fucking um, inspiring to me. I mean, you know, nobody should be have to should be put into the position of having to defend their own existence or identity. But mm-hmm. like, you know, massive solidarity with those protesters. The other thing was there was a, a, a petition of over a hundred thousand people handed in uh, in opposition to the bill. Great. You know, and uh, like, I guess what this is leading up to is that, you know, (laughs) these people are wrong. Like the community, like at large doesn't, you know, isn't as bigoted as against trans people as like people like Mark Mm -hmm. Latham would have you believe. Um, So look, I don't know if the bill is going to get passed. I really, really hope that it doesn't because obviously it's going to be awful. You know, I mean, this is just an opportunity for a small man to try and empower himself by endangering the lives of children, Mm. and you just don't Mm. get much lower than that. Mm. Um, But I guess to finish up, I just wanted to say to, you know, our trans listeners, especially any trans kids listening, like, these pathetic bigots will fucking lose. You are loved, there is a huge community behind you, and and you will win. And fuck Mark Latham. Crunch, crunch, yeah. All
0: right, um, well, why don't we move on now to... Shitpost Shit of, of, of the Week. And I feel like this uh flows nicely on from, you know, the George Christensen, Mark Latham, and now Corey Bernardi. You know, there's <laughs> sort of uh, three stages of the same process. You know, Latham, he's got his TV show, now he's back in Parliament with One Nation. Uh, Corey Bernardi, he's been out of Parliament, he's got a TV show. George Christensen. He's still in Parliament, but soon he'll have a TV show and then probably <laughs> get elected with one nation. You know, they're they're all the same guy.
1: Um Yeah, they are they are variations on a disgusting, horrible, shitty theme. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um and look, this, this is just an extremely quick shit post of the week. Um, but it goes to uh an ad that Sky News ran for Corey Bernardi's show. Bernardi. Bernardi. Thanks, Zach. You're welcome. Yeah.
1: Um wonder if it plays before or after.
0: Credlin. <laughs> uh, th- th- yeah, I-, I spent like several hours trying to find just like literally anything about <laughs> this, like any article that mentions it, any a- any information I could find whatsoever about this ad, when it was played, how long it's been running. Nothing. I mean, there's, I appreciate there's no reference you to it. attempting. I, just yeah. don't, I don't think I it mean, needs any more context. I mean, it, it probably doesn't. So with no further ado, here is this ad. The state of the world draws us closer to him. It's time to eradicate political nonsense. He's an agent of change on a mission to uncover the truth. If we don't speak up now, there'll be nothing left to say. His name? Bernardi. Corey Bernardi. The world is a cocktail of misinformation, but he is never frightened of the truth. This is politics shaken, not stirred. Bernardi, Friday at 7 on Sky News Australia. I, I'm pretty sure it comes across in just the audio, but it's an extended James Bond riff. Uh, yeah, shout out to Cameron Wilson, who we already mentioned uh, before. He's a journalist with Crikey and elsewhere, who um, who posted this clip on Twitter. Um, it's
1: pretty amazing. I'm just speechless with cringe. Like, my soul has just kind of like shrunk down to mm, the size mm-hmm. of a tiny little shriveled up Seed in my chest. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> uh, uh, I want to fucking tear my own fucking face off with the cringe. It's just awful. It's physically so painful to watch. They, they hand him a martini. Like, yeah,
0: this is politics, shaker. No, it's not. <laughs> it. Also, what you didn't see mean?
1: the the text. Yeah, well, it doesn't mean anything. The, the, well, no, we talked about this.
0: It means. You like James Bond, right? (laughs) I'm like James Bond, right? (laughs)
1: Uh, uh, You also didn't see the text supers that say, The voice that changes everything.
0: Which is completely unrelated to James Bond as far as like, let's just, is that, that's just a banana. That's just
1: about... Bernardi, Corey Bernardi, being uh, a very, very important voice in contemporary yep. Australian politics. Yep. We all know everybody's hanging on his every word. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been Well, waiting. it changes everything, so yeah. we have to. <laughs> of course. Everybody's been waiting for Bernardi to drop. And uh, I just, you know, there's excitement in the air. You can yeah, feel it. That's right. Punters are frothing at the fucking mouth. Give me that shake not stirred politics martini. Take, whip those sunnies off and give me the news, son. I actually watched a, um, a small clip yeah, of his show. me and... too. I watched like 20 minutes wow. of it while I was wow. trying to find more info about this ad. And the, yeah. I mean, Sky News shows are all the fucking same. Yeah. But like, you know, certain of the presenters have what you might describe as slightly more charisma than a damp Just sock. Just a of panache. Yeah. Uh, Bernardi has... Absolutely no fucking charm. He's got no skill as a presenter. He fumbles his lines, and you can you know you can see him just reading every single word verbatim off the teleprompter. Right. Like, I
0: sent you one about um, what was there? it? Was another extremely tortured pop culture metaphor? Oh,
1: weekend at, uh, uh, at Biden's. At Biden's. Oh right. my god! So
0: this was like a seven-minute clip from his show where Bernardi talks about hey you know that film weekend at Bernie, Bernsie, Bernie's 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 haven't seen it thankfully he explains what happens <laughs> in it which is that people pretend their boss is not dead and then yeah, they have, have fun. his
1: corpse and they, they want to spend a like a weekend at his like resort or whatever resort. Yeah, yeah like
0: and so the joke is like all of these democrats are 80 and are running around with a Biden corpse that they use to like implement their own agenda and then also Kamala Harris laughs too much he just really fucking hates Kamala Harris.
1: I wonder why that could Co- be. Why, why could that be? He also, like... I mean, fuck Kamala He Harris, opens like, the segment the by talking he about... Like he, he's like, oh, leftists are so hypocritical because they called John Howard too old and he was a sprightly and energetic yeah. 66 when he became Prime Minister. He like, jogs
0: further than the Labour Party can jog put together. Like,
1: just... I mean, the fact that you can't even, you know... But this dude is still lionizing Howard. Like, get with the Let fucking it go. times. Well, I mean,
0: that he came in with Howard. He was an MP then, mm. and then he lost all of his power after, uh, after Tony the came Liberal in. Party yeah,
1: yeah. And starting his own political party, which failed. And now his like third-tier choice is to... Be, so it, maybe it's not fair to criticise him for being a TV presenter because it's not what he wanted to do. That's uh, true. It's not it's somebody trained for it. it. Yeah. yeah. You know, many people have deeply successful political careers without possessing an ounce of charisma or mm. talent. Mm-hmm. Harder as a TV presenter to have neither of those things.
0: <laughs> All right. Before we wrap this out, I just wanted to also shout out uh, 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 some IRL sh- shitposting. <laughs> do you want to take us through this one? Today? Oh, yeah. Just... I mean,
1: Holly posted a photo of uh, someone had tagged Pfizer um, <laughs> near our house. She took a photo and posted it to the group, and I thought it was just uh, it was very funny. It is very funny. And as funny. Uh, Holly reflected a couple of days later, she was like, you know, it's a really good tag. It is. Yeah, it looks really cool, but also it's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's like like the writing is, you know, it's a solid 6 to 7 out of 10, yeah. you know, basic kind of tag. But the, you know, the effect. as a name, yeah. as a writer name, in quality shit. So, um, congratulations to Pfizer for ship point <laughs> Well, they've been
0: gunning for it for a while. <laughs> they, they they finally got there. All right, now we've got a you fucked up.
1: You fucked up.
0: <sighs> yeah, Zach has been uh, carefully avoiding this. This. Yeah, content. I
1: haven't watched the video. I haven't read any of the discourse. I've you know people keep posting new articles with new revelations about how, oh, it was actually written fucking five years ago and initially referenced how progressive the 1950s were. and like I'm just like, I don't want to be taken down this rabbit yeah. hole. I'm, f- I'm firmly against entering the rabbit <laughs> hole.
0: Unfortunately, we do a weekly news politics and memes podcast, so we have to talk you about see, it. You
1: can see the bind I'm in. This is the yeah.
0: fucking milkshake video, guys. You, you will know about it, but I'll, I'll get there. Let's, let's start at the start. Because this week, the federal government's education department launched a new program called Respect Matters. Um, it's been in development since 2015, as Zach mentioned, um, and so far has had nearly $8 million put into it. Uh, and it launched earlier this week. Uh, about half of that funding, just under $4 million, was spent on a website called The Good Society.
1: That is an absolutely eye-watering figure Yes. for...
0: Think how many children we could keep in jail f- for that.
1: <laughs> I mean, I was going to say <laughs> most how many coal mines res- we uh, could pencil. There's cancel? many respectable Australian movies that have a budget of around one million. Yes, for like Samson and Delilah, for example. Mm-hmm. You could make eight Samson and Delilahs. Mm-hmm. That's a lot more. Ca- anyway, sorry, go on.
0: Okay, yeah, it's not entirely clear what the other four million-ish dollars that was budgeted to respect matters has been spent on. Well, the that ad, this website, production
1: for the for the video presumably no no no. so the website with uh, including the video including the video gotcha it's
0: called the good society okay. so yeah the good society is a website that's full of free resources it's designed for teachers but available to anyone who uh, to try and teach emotional well-being clear communication respectful relationships and consent and like you know it's supposed to be part of school personal development or health classes so you okay. can imagine the kind of shit it's like you know when you feel good about yourself, you can help other people feel good about themselves. Uh, like, terrible advice. Most of it's fine. Uh, I'll read this little quote from a yeah, 7 to 9, you know, resource about social media, which might be useful for some of our listeners. We can all choose to be inclusive and create a sense of belonging for others. This is especially important when we're online and can only have text and emojis to convey our meaning. They forgot GIFs. When interacting online, <laughs> be sure that your post and behavior are free from... Hateful comments or opinions, criticism that is uncalled for or baseless, gossip and innuendo. One easy way to be respectful online is to always think before you post. And then they do have it a little acrostic for think. T, is it true? H, is it helpful or hurtful? I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? K, is it kind? So always think before you post, guys. Always T-H-I-N-K before you post.
1: I want to know... Listeners, literally anybody ever, have you ever found a fucking (laughs) acronym? Have you ever found a backronym helpful for remembering some silly bullshit? So many people reference KISS, keep it
0: silly, Uh, keep it simple, silly. (laughs) And and like, that's not actual advice. It's like, don't be bad, jerk. Like, oh yeah, I'll I'll implement that, yeah. (laughs) Um, so like, you know, whatever, it's inoffensive. As you say, it's not likely to actually do anything because no one remembers this shit when they're cyberbullying, but like, it's not too bad, but a lot of it is too bad. A lot of it is quite terrible. Um, the website has been updated repeatedly. I has had things taken off it repeatedly Mm. as the general public has trawled through it. Um, and so they've removed stuff suggesting that it's fine to try to pressure people into consenting or that p- getting people drunk might be a helpful way to get them to consent. Like they didn't say well, like, you might want to get people drunk, but one of the characters who's like trying to figure out how consent works is like, maybe I'll just give them some beers and see how that goes. And that's just kind of like a normal part of the thing. So those have both been taken down. Right. Um, uh, those are just like quotes in text. Um, and the Good Society website um, seems to have, like, the people who made it, who are an organization called Liquid Interactive, who I'll say a little bit more about in a sec, they seem to have contacted a couple of organizations who t- have expertise in these areas, who teach consent, mm. who teach self-esteem, mm. um, and they were like, hey, what should we do in this? And so all of these bodies gave them this advice, and they were like, cool, we're going to literally not take any of this (laughs) advice whatsoever. They didn't run any of the material past any of these organizations. And and all of them have been like, yeah, this very directly goes against our suggestions. But the most egregious thing in this entire website was the milkshake video. And so it's this video that we're rewarding that you fucked up. So this is a five minute long video. It goes for five minutes. It's really long. And it's a series of tortured metaphors (laughs) Um, that are like weird kind of pseudo sporting analogies where, um, a young woman tries to quote, move the line and quote, get, get into the quote action zone, uh, which is how they refer to anything happening. Uh, like, uh, it's hard for me to explain how I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I feel like I need to, why don't we let that play now? To cross into the action zone, both people must agree.
2: Do you want to
1: try my milkshake? Yes, I do. Is it better than yours? You no, know, I think I prefer mine.
0: But what happens when one person takes action without an agreement?
1: You do, huh? Well, drink it. Drink it all. What are you doing? Drink it all.
0: (laughs) This is what we call moving the line. When a person imposes their will on you, it's as if they were moving the yes line over the maybe zone or the end zone, ignoring your rich inner world and violating
1: your individual freedoms and rights. Yeah. Okay, so I know that I said before that My soul had shrunk into a tiny shriveled seed in my chest when I watched the Corey Bernardi James Bond video. But um, this is much worse. It's really bad. I I think we
0: haven't quite decided how much of that we're going to play to you, listeners, but me and Zach just watched that whole thing again, Zach, for the first time. And, uh, Zach, I know you love Patricia Carvellis. This week, she has been repeatedly saying, you know, when people were first uh, posting about it, I thought it was just people on the internet being mean, and they were overhyping it, but then I saw it, and it was way worse than everyone on the internet was saying.
1: (laughs) I think that uh, that pretty much sums it up. Um, Yeah, I think you kind of have to experience it for yourself. But also, like, the conversation around the video, like, on social media that mm, I've seen mm. has largely seemed... Well, basically seems to be suggesting that this video is supposed to be about consent.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and, like, it, if it is, if that was the brief, boy, do they fucking miss. Like, at oh, best, yeah. this is a, about bullying. Uh, <laughs> like at most generous, because it's got nothing to do with
0: reality. That's right, and it's so like they they really go out of their way to not make it anything about sex, right? Yeah. They they yeah. um they talk about milkshake, and another video they talk about eating tacos, and then just in the middle it's like, "Can I touch your butt?" And it's like, "Whoa, guys, where the you fuck have did that really come carefully from? avoided." talking about sex Why you can't you just drop about that in pizza the action zone is oh, just yeah, like so that's ex- that's like, i think
1: my m- so mo- the conceptually so messy and confusing like but it's also like
0: <sighs>
1: it comes from this
0: like gross misogynist thing of like getting action or whatever right uh and so like the action zone is when sex happens And you can get to the action zone, either with consent or without consent. They don't talk about giving consent at all in this video. They only talk about you might be upset if people don't seek your consent for things. That's really the only thing that this says. Um, Other people have pointed out that it puts a woman in the role as the perpetrator in a heterosexual relationship, um, which... I mean, if you're going to completely divorce
1: accurate, your video from anything resembling reality, right. like, why not go all the way?
0: Right, totally,
1: yeah. Not that that can't happen, but I mean... Com- uh, well,
0: uh, no, totally, but, like, like, that's not that's the crisis that our country and world is facing.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: there's just nothing good in it. The, the taco video, which has also been pulled down pretty wild, uh, Not not as bad, but pretty wild. Um... So, as as I mentioned before, the Good Society website was made by a company called Liquid Interactive, though it seems that they outsource some of the content creation. So, for example, a video which I haven't actually seen, which I think might have also been taken down, but a 13-year-old girl says that she was sexually abused because she watched porn. That video was made by a Mormon group. Um, yeah, as I said, I haven't seen the video, don't really have any more info about that one, but uh Yeah. Um, I
1: told you that I was not looking forward to going down the rabbit hole, Mm -hmm. and I stand by that Mm -hmm. (laughs) sentiment. I just knew there was going to be nothing good learning anything about these people. So this is from a Craggy article.
0: Quote, Religious US-based think tank Acton Institute also has a series of free, short, shareable films, also called The Good Society, which explores, quote, The Economic, Moral, Political, Social and Theological Foundations of a Flourishing Society, hosted by Reverend uh, Robert Sirico. The organization wouldn't respond to Crikey's questions about possible ties to the Australian site. And so this article from Crikey uh, is is careful not to do any libel, but they're strongly suggesting that this American Christian organization, the Acton Institute, was heavily involved in the creation of these videos. There seem to be a lot of weird coincidences and similarities between the australian the good society and this other the good society um for example and another issue about liquid interactive and another international organization called liquid international that does similar things and crikey said that they haven't been able to confirm that these connections are actual but the the web yeah their article lists a number of close similarities that that might suggest that these videos were all made by far-right christian organizations
1: um they also (laughs) i don't want to do libel either but uh the idea that there's a shadowy cabal of right-wing christians who want to basically give you a digital smack on the wrist for jacking off is like in no way a stretch of the imagination for me yeah
0: uh crikey (laughs) also points out that the two education ministers who have been involved in the production and release of this content have been conservative practicing Christians. So,
1: yeah, well, the, the, the use of these tortured metaphors that are so, so abstract and so divorced from reality instead of actually just saying mm-hmm. anything about mm-hmm. sex is like, obviously has this deeply kind of, uh, <laughs> religious root that the idea that you can't talk about it because then you'll give, you'll let kids know that it exists and exactly. then they'll do it. Yeah. Um, but like then, I mean, it, but it's taking it a step further than just simply not acknowledging the reality. It is building this alternate version where like, as you say, the,
0: the action zone is this goal.
1: <laughs> it's, it's just deeply, deeply confusing. I it's can't really imagine confusing. any kid watching this and coming out feeling anything other than total bewilderment. Yeah. You are know, like I have never smushed hundreds and thousands on someone's face before? <laughs> like,
0: how does this relate to this actual interpersonal situation what, that I'm like, having? Yeah.
1: Who's forcing someone to eat pizza seven nights? Like, that's a quite. <laughs> it's a different fucking conversation.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, and look, I, I mentioned PK before. I know you're not a huge fan, but I've shouted out her and friend Kelly and their show The Party Room for doing quite good reporting on this like sexual assault crisis Mm. in parliament Um, they are powerful intelligent women who are around the halls of power a lot they they know what's going on and PK pointed out that um, and there's a story I'm not sure if we've mentioned this on the show but maybe we can do a bit more next week but um, there's a bunch of girls from high schools in melbourne who are putting together their own consent education material because Mm. the fucking official ones are completely shit useless and because teenagers are smart and know what they need and want and they understand consent and when they're not getting it and they aren't like wasting fucking millions of dollars not to mention like the five minute video everybody's time (laughs) by like doing pizza they're oh. talk, they're doing real talks so anyway maybe we can try and find a bit more out about that but um that'd be great uh it, it's it's not hard to do no. good and appropriate education about this and yeah. managed like, to do a terrible
1: job consent is not a complicated idea and this treatment of it as if it's some kind of like thing that needs to be explained with all of these extremely reaching metaphors yeah like makes it seem like it's this big confusing thing when it's just mm-hmm. really, really not. Mm-hmm. Like it's very, it's at its core, it's just about having open communication with someone else and them letting you know what they do and don't want. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not, it's not fucking milkshakes. Mm-hmm. It's not rocket science. And there's something so sinister, I think, mm. at, about making it into this, scary complicated bewildering mm. thing when it really be... gets covered
0: to people not understanding it.
1: it's so difficult to understand like that's this yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's, a really it's literally point. a legal defense against rape. Mm, is mm. saying oh well i you know wasn't aware like and it's somebody you know kids are educated with this stuff being yeah, like, yeah. like that massively overcomplicates the issue. Like, yeah, that is the idea that you are reinforcing. Like, yep. it's not good. No, no. It's yeah, bad. Yeah. It's very bad stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Well, the Milkshake, uh... like, the reference to Khalees as well? Like, why?
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, they do. Are
1: kids still listen to that song? I reckon they do. You know, I haven't seen it on TikTok, and if it's not on TikTok, the kids aren't listening, so...
0: I, uh, it's kind of embarrassing to admit, but I'm here now. I was listening to Richard Cheese this morning while I was finishing <laughs> off my notes and uh, listened to the, milkshake, the the version of Milkshake. It's, it's, it's quite
1: fun. <laughs> uh, okay, that's probably enough on that. Um, and just for this next section, um, uh, our First Nations story, um, I'll give a quick content warning for uh, discussions of racist violence and using the names of Indigenous people who have passed... Um, So if you don't want to hear that, we'll put time codes in the show notes for you to skip ahead. This week, uh, Derek Chauvin, the cop who murdered George Floyd uh, in America and kind of kicked off this uh, most recent wave of Black Lives Matter protests, has been convicted for Mm -hmm. murder. Mm -hmm. I think maybe was it in the second degree?
0: he's been charged with second degree accidental murder which is um when you're committing felony assault and accidentally kill someone he's been charged with second degree no sorry third th- third degree murder oh sorry i can't remember exactly but he's been, he's it, there's been three charges two of murder and one of manslaughter and they're all for slightly different things the manslaughter one is for criminal negligence um there's one that is what it what it's the type of murder that you do when you accidentally kill someone when you're criminally assaulting them, and then another one which is a type of murder that you do when you apply what you know could be lethal force without thinking about whether or not it might kill someone. So there you go. Yeah,
1: and he's guilty on
0: all three. All three counts. Um, and so the I think um, the murder charges carry a maximum of twenty years each, mm-hmm. and the manslaughter one of twelve and the sentencing guidelines are for about half that because he doesn't have prior convictions so yeah. he's likely to get something like 12 years for each of the murder ones and 4 for the manslaughter but we'll see
1: in any event the like considering what has happened up until now this is the good result of the two possible results yes yes george floyd should not be dead yep. in the first place so yep. to call this justice would be wrong uh, to draw a distinction between that and accountability is something that I've seen people do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that feels like something more comfortable for me you know like there is an acknowledgement that yes he killed this guy for no fucking reason mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you know in the wake of that there's a, there's a little bit of conversation about okay well what does this mean for an Australian context um, and you know, it can get pretty abstract, I guess, talking about the way that you know social movements that happen in a very spe- specific social and political mm. context, you know, uh, affect other parts of the world. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, we had m- mm. massive Black Lives Matter protests here in the yep. wake of George Floyd's death. So I think it's fair to uh, draw
0: some connections. Yeah, and in,
1: interrogate what further you know influence there might be. So you know, we we, we said this many times before on the show, but um, I'm just going to read a quote here from Gomeroy, academic Alison Whitaker. All deaths in custody matters that have made it to court on criminal charges in my research so far, and not including those three currently before courts, have resulted in quashed indictments or acquittals. Um, we know that nobody has been convicted for a death in custody. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure Ever. Usually, yeah, yeah, yeah. usually the statement is since the royal commission. Um, but I'm pretty sure that it goes that that's true for the entirety of colonial Australia, yeah. That's
0: right. I I feel like that stat is used to be like this is when we realized that maybe we should charge people for that, and we still haven't been. But that is, yeah, strange. Even in there, there's a lot to understand, there's a lot of problems, yeah.
1: Um Alison Whitaker there mentions uh, that there are three cases mm-hmm. currently before cops. So there's... Uh, before, court. before court. rather. Um, so there are two cops currently on trial for murder. Constable mm-hmm. Zachary Rolfe, who's been charged with the murder of Walpuri teenager Kumanjaya Walker in Yundamu. Uh, there was the cop who allegedly shot the Yamachi woman uh, whose family has asked for her to be referred to as JC uh, in Geraldton. Uh, And I believe that the other case that um, Whittaker is referring to here is a prison officer facing manslaughter charges for the shooting death of Wiradjuri man Dwayne Johnston, uh, who was handcuffed and shackled at the time he was shot. Um, Yeah, I think he was... uh, He'd just been been transferred to hospital from prison. Um, Fucking hell. So, you know, and those are uh, all quite like historic uh charges mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. to I, i'm pretty sure that the cop in in the in uh, the case of jc is the first ever murder charge right for a cop in western australia for example so you know there's been no uh no accountability for deaths in custody up until this point we mm-hmm. know is a huge mm-hmm. problem um And looking overseas and seeing a country like the United States, where police violence is, uh, in a different way, but similarly in a kind of general sense, a huge problem, you know, racialized police violence and seeing, uh, a landmark conviction. Yeah. I mean, it does have, there are are echoes of that here. Um, there was a Sydney Morning Herald article put out this week, um, which interviewed a number of first nations people and asked for their thoughts on it. And I thought I would, um, uh, read a couple of quotes, um, to give, you know, a flavor of some of the responses mm-hmm. to this. So, you know, they were basically ask like, what do you think the Shorvan verdict means here in Australia? So here's a quote from Marie Onus from a uh, war the Abro- aboriginal resistance? She's a, a Gunai and Gunditjmara activist and radio host. She said, I don't think pinning systemic racism on one individual will liberate us all from future harm. Mm. So, yeah, that's, you know, the other kind of complicated Mm. factor here Mm. is that obviously these individual cops don't represent the problem. Right, right. Um, Which is not to say that, you know, individual accountability Mm. is a Mm. a necessary part of systemic justice. But, yeah, like... Obviously, police violence in America is not now solved.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's been really interesting. The cops in the US are really sort of splitting um, between those who are disowning um, Derek Chauvin and basically being like, he was a bad apple or whatever. And then the others who are being like, I am Derek Chauvin. How can you expect us to do our job or whatever? And like both of those are shitty and um, in different ways. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, and I think that Mariki, uh, Mar- Mariki Ernest's quote here really, yeah, I don't know. I think it points to something very significant there. And I think that it's a good quote I hadn't heard. So.
1: Yeah. And I mean, she in general takes a pretty, uh, I don't want to call it, um, pessimistic or, or, mm-hmm. or cynical, but she's, you know, she's not hopeful. Not hopeful. And I think maybe those are ex- her exact words, yeah, actually. Yeah. You know, that she sees a massive uphill battle ahead. And, yep. you know, seeing an inkling of accountability elsewhere doesn't necessarily translate to you. Totally. Here. Uh, here's a quote from Jack Charles, mm-hmm. who is a Yorta Yorta and Boon Wurrung elder um, and, and a well-known actor. Mm-hmm. America showed the world that Australia is yet to catch up as far as our deaths in custody are concerned. We can take a deep breath and be reinvigorated in our calls to address the overwhelming numbers of our women in our prisons and our overflowing youth detention centers. Uh, So, yeah, I think there's an interesting idea in in there. Well, Mm -hmm. a number of, you know, important Mm -hmm. ideas, but the idea that Australia is yet to catch up Mm -hmm. as far as our deaths in custody are concerned. And, you know, even I, I would say that the, obviously this this conviction of Derek Chauvin is a landmark case mm. in the states, um, and that police violence, uh, racialized police violence, is a mass, still a massive, huge problem mm. over there. That actually they are a lot further along than we are in understanding and acknowledging the problem.
0: Well, I think the U.S. relationship with like Black Americans. Is really different than the like Australian relationship with First Nations people. It is very, very different. And like, um, even even the analogy between the indigenous people of the United States and the indigenous people of so called Australia, it's not really a similar situation in a lot of ways. Um, So, yeah, I I think that's interesting. And and, um,
1: well, I mean, I think it's
0: a bit hard to draw a direct connection one way or the other. And like, yeah, yeah.
1: from my perspective, you know as I understand it, it's like, there is a, uh, you know, a deep, rich and long history of anti-racist thinking and action in, in America and, you know, the civil rights movement, is, mm, you know, mm. like it, it one of the absolute most, uh, effective social movements in human history. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, There is at least an honest looking in the face Mm. of the problem, Mm. you know, in a a much more widespread fashion across the American population, I would argue, than in Australia. And, like, you know, it's it's a major political issue over there that people, like, mainstream politicians can't really deny its existence unless you are, you know, and they do have, obviously, super conservative, hyper right-wing politicians who build their careers on racism and, and denying it. You existence. have immense
0: amount of power still. So, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. So, you know, it's not that that isn't there, but like, you know, you couldn't get up as an American president and say slavery didn't happen. Yes, that's right. Whereas, Whereas... our prime minister did that this year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's and like, and, and, you know, also don't want to erase uh, the long history of indigenous scholarship totally. on race here. Yeah. But yeah. I think that, generally speaking uh, across the broader population there's a much poorer understanding of race dynamics of racism and its kind of structural effects much poorer Mm -hmm. understanding here than in the states
0: i think it's also a demographic thing and like about location as well and like the the relationship like you know there's all of these black cities in the u.s and we don't have any like indigenous cities in Australia. We have like Redfin or whatever that um that's sort of a ghetto within the city almost and Well not yeah,
1: I mean and not anymore. And not anymore. Except that's right. Yeah. Uh, evicted. evicted. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, I think but not I on think the it's scale really of point. somewhere like Atlanta. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um and so there's not Yeah just yeah. There, there's not the same possible demographics. There's no enough I don't know. Yeah, well in terms of critical mass yeah,
1: yeah. For a social movement, and and not to say that you know just because somebody isn't part of an oppressed group doesn't right, mean that right, they right. can't protest on mm, their behalf, mm. you know, be part of the movement. But like obviously, in terms of proportion of the population, you've got very different numbers, mm, mm. and and you know, America obviously, you know, just in terms of scale, yes, you know, yes, yeah, as well. So yeah, I mean, there are all these kind of differences in the context mm, which are mm. important to acknowledge. But at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're looking at different permutations of similar racial mm, structures mm-hmm. and they have, you know, the way that those structures were established is different, yep. but
0: it's all still white supremacy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: There, are, there, are, there are commonalities here. Um, so, yeah, but, but, you know, I do think it's interesting to reflect on the potency of, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement in America versus uh, the movement around, uh, you know, uh, ending deaths in custody mm, in Australia, mm. which is, you know, it's, obviously Black Lives Matter is kind of tied up in that for us here. But, you know, think about the scale of the protests mm, over there, mm. you know, in reaction to George Floyd's death um, and what has been happening in the streets over the past few days in the lead up to the mm, Chauvin verdict. Mm. You know, and we have three agents of the state currently on trial oh. for sh- the shooting deaths of Indigenous people here in this country, and it's a very, very different situation. And so, you know, I don't think you can say that it comes down completely to um, to just, like, demographic differences. Mm. No, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, I would argue that a large part of the, you know, w- the difference is that uh, of the difference between Australian and US contexts is that the Australian government has a much tighter grip on public discourse and mm, public policy mm. than the American government does. And, you know, it's yeah. a much more unwieldy country mm. to try and move in any one specific direction in really Australia. True. Yeah.
0: Or but, to try and like bullshit and hoodwink, there's too many people or something. Yeah, it's just. And yeah, too many different centers of power and. Ex- mm.
1: Exactly. Um, but whereas here, you know, it's a very like. <laughs> There is so much less, main, like political diversity, within mm, their political mm. within our political system versus the US. That's true, yeah. Um, and yeah, it, look, getting to the point where we're rambling. Um, I think, you know, I'm not sure if there's a conclusion, particularly to draw here beyond acknowledging that this result in the Chauvin verdict never would have happened without people getting in the fucking yeah. streets yeah, and tearing right. shit the fuck mm, up. Mm. That is why this happened. You know, It was basically made an untenable position mm. for any other verdict to be returned. And I think that if accountability for these police who are on trial here in Australia is going to happen, that's what needs to happen here as well. And, you know, it's, it's, it's great for us to take inspiration from the States, but ultimately that's not going to get a movement like this over the line in a local context. So, yeah, I guess, I don't know what I'm saying here beyond, um, listen to first nations people and show up when they call for, uh, you to get in, uh, into the streets.
0: Okay, um, yeah, so now we're going to move on to our mains, which has a little broken clock at the end there. But um, uh, this is a mains about climate change, I guess, uh, because Joe Boyden is hosting an international climate forum by... Oh, it.
1: Joe Boyden. Joe
0: Boyden. Um, it's via video call, which is funny, because, um, you know, pandemic <laughs> or whatever. Um, Joe Biden
1: with his camera off. Yeah. <laughs> no uh, pants on.
0: So that's actually going on this this weekend while we're recording. It's possible some new stuff will have come out like overnight by the time we've released this but um i think we've got most of the story um so the united states have announced their climate targets which is a 50 percent reduction in carbon emissions by 2030 i.e not enough to prevent a climate apocalypse so cool uh xi jinping the premier the uh, president of china premier of china whatever um uh also came with the big boy the Chi- big boy of big china, boy china. Uh, winnie the pooh uh, which is also kind of wild um because there's like a China is not happy with the US at the moment and vice versa, (laughs) slash ever, but especially at the moment. Uh, And they recommitted to their current targets of peaking emissions in 2030, which also won't prevent a climate apocalypse. So,
1: cool. Well, you know, fair's fair. Yeah. Uh,
0: The Australian government has been pressured to make big uh, short-term carbon cuts to announce new targets for 2030. uh, And instead, they've announced they're going to do a bunch of things that aren't that. Um, so scott morrison made a speech um there was a good line from an editor of peter harcher who uh, but this was a good line in the age morrison didn't fail to disappoint uh yeah <laughs> it pretty much sums it up um i mean there's a lot of conference shade that i don't really understand because i'm not a politician but um uh he wasn't invited to speak at all at the last climate conference thing um which was like a shade for being shitty about climate um, and this time he was deliberately put like 22nd on the list or something and everyone's like, just behind Kiribati or whatever, and I like, well, you don't have to say fuck Kiribati just to make fun of Scott well, Morrison Kiribati but- the
1: fuck out of him, Scott Morrison is plenty shit on his own yeah that's right without needing to bring fucking Kiribati puts up with enough bullshit they sure okay? do yeah. <laughs> uh
0: I think it's actually pronounced Kiribati um that's my mistake I said Kiribati anyway whatever uh oh, Scott- that's my bad <laughs> you see
1: what I mean you see what they, they have they've got enough with? to put up
0: with uh so yeah Scott Morrison also fucked up Zoom and spoke for like a minute out of a maybe four minute speech and then someone was like oh Mr. Prime Minister we can't hear you I'm sure what you're saying is very interesting um so then he started again
1: um and <laughs> Uh, <laughs> when you take the daggy dad up too far it's true
0: um, so yeah what he said was I'll just summarise his speech in a couple of points uh, targets are pointless we're actually doing things which is bullshit um, he said for Australia it's not a question of if or even by when for net zero which
1: you know unless then what question is that yeah
0: no, well <laughs> how um <laughs> not <laughs> Yep. But, like, it has to happen at a time. But that's the thing is that this is an emergency. (laughs) This is something that we need to do on a timeline. This isn't just like,
1: oh, we need better education standards or something. It's not a matter of when. Oh, sorry. It's it's not even a matter of if. It's not even a matter of if, you know. (laughs) It will happen never. And whether or not it will happen is also not the question. That's
0: right. Um, We don't know where we're going, but we do know how we'll get there. Is a wild thing for a government to say. Like de- like, it just is incomprehensible. It kind that, of makes sense as a like gap year discovering
1: yourself philosophy. I mean, that's how Lost ended up getting so shit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They knew how they were getting they there. Had but they had the didn't vibe know where right. they were going. Yeah, exactly.
0: X Files. Yeah. Vibe Mar- only
1: carries you so far, bro. And 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 Scott, you've got a shit. Your vibe, vibe is not. I fucking adequate. hate your it's vibe. It's an inadequate vibe. Me and my boyfriend saw your vibe from across the bar, and we fucking hate you. Yeah, that's right. We're gonna beat the shit out of you, Scott. Restate your vibe targets for twenty thirty, my guy. Yeah. So the- <laughs> at least set yourself a vibe
0: target. <laughs> <laughs> Our current target is uh, twenty six to twenty eight percent reduction on two thousand and five levels of emissions by two thousand and thirty don't worry about the two thousand and five the world had low uh, sorry had really high emissions in two thousand and five, so all of the agreements international agreements are like well let's pretend let's do it off two thousand and five levels because it's easier to get a reduction from a high starting line. Anyway, so... been
1: like fucking bureaucratizing your way into an apocalypse.
0: Yeah, so 26 to 28% by 2030. And basically, it would be cool if we get to net zero by
1: 2050, but... Eh. <laughs> but, I eh, don't give a fuck. I'm not going to be around.
0: Exactly, yeah. Um, so, uh, also in his speech, Skomerson tried bragging. So, he said that we beat our Kyoto targets, which most people didn't. Because um, so that- he
1: set incredibly, well... The Liberal government set incredibly bullshit low Kyoto targets, tried to use carryover credits, and benchmarked against a year where we did a shitload of land clearing. And so our emissions were like way higher than normal. Well, yeah. Even but, for Australia, but we, which is bad.
0: We, we actually, in our Kyoto target agreement, we exempted land clearing from being counted. So we beat our Kyoto targets if you don't include land clearing. You know, one of the major causes of climate change. Um, and sort of on the flip side of that, uh, he tried bragging that we've cut emissions by 19%, um, but, uh, in the last couple of years, but actually, essentially all of that reduction in emissions, since the coalition has been in power at a federal level, has been from a Queensland state labor government policy that reduced land clearing. Uh, so, like,
1: just it's, it's a complete fucking lack of shame, yeah. but also, you know, I just... There's this idea that politics is this massive, complicated, difficult thing to understand. And everybody has this general Uh sense that we're being fucked, but you can't really tell how. Put your finger on it, yeah. I wish that there was at least... I don't know. I would somehow feel better about the fact that the future of our planet was being sold down the river to enrich a couple of mining billionaires, if there was a degree of sophistication, mm-hmm. what they're just doing is they're basically just kicked in a massive dog shit under the carpet and it being like, what you're smelling has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. Like that's, there's no, they just, it, this is like kindergarten political tactics here. Like who the fuck are you fooling? Like that's it, the thing is nobody is buying. Nobody,
0: this. nobody is buying it. And like, literally no one at the conference bought it. They are all there being like, yeah, we're doing a 2030 goal and 2050 goal. What are you doing, Australia? And he's like, oh yeah, well, we're... <clears throat> and they're like, no, that's not good enough. Like Joe Biden's administration has has specifically called out Australia repeatedly in the last week, being like, you guys need to actually do something this weekend. And Scott Morrison has turned up and been like, ha fuck you. Um, it's... It, he knows it's a wazzle. Everyone else knows it's a wazzle. He knows that they know it's a wazzle. And they know that he knows that they know... He's just turning up and giving them the finger and refusing to participate. Um, But uh, there's one other thing that he announced in the speech, uh, which is that we're giving $1.5 billion in climate finance to Pacific nations, island nations. Cool. Is it so they
1: can build massive seawalls?
0: Probably, yes, in part. But don't worry, Zach. This is actually money that was already in our aid fund. There's no additional funding being given to them for climate change stuff. This is just. All this
1: exact same fucking shit, multiple times.
0: Last time, like three years ago or something.
1: Yep, yep. You see what I mean about just even a modicum? Like, they, they, ca- they haven't even, even changed trying. up their bullshit.
0: That's right. And, like, S- Scott Morrison knows the international community doesn't vote for him or against him. They, like, it makes zero difference to him if Joe Biden thinks it's a fuckwit. Like, anyway, you know. The actual policy that the government has... I mean, has- I can claim that too, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> has brought to the Biden summit is um, a spend on technology. And they, they've... Dress this up in a variety of different ways. For example, we're using technology, not taxes. Or technology, not targets is another one that they've used. Um, Sure. And we're not declaring war on industry. We're not bashing industry over the head. Um, Angus Taylor, the uh, government energy minister, was on radio this week. And he was asked something like, Are you saying that we can keep using fossil fuels indefinitely? And what he said was, yes, we can change the industrial technology that we use to produce goods without changing our fuel source, and then we'll change our fuel source at some point down the road anyway. And this makes zero sense as far as, like, the laws of physics go. Like, you can't... (laughs) There's only a certain amount that you can reduce the amount of energy needed to do a particular task. Like, lifting a ton of rocks or whatever. It's... Certain input required. Certain input required. No matter how efficient we make our rock lifting technology, we're going to need power to do it. And then we're going to need to power that, like, create that electricity through some kind of power
1: generation. Just. We have the technology. Right. We have the technology. We, we to, do. to produce renewable energy. It exists. It's existed for so long. That's right. We've had it for
0: so long. Surely that's the half. That's what they're spending this half what, a billion dollars on, right, Zach?
1: What more fucking technology do you want? I'll what, tell you. Are they, are they going to fucking scorch the sky again? That's right.
0: Yeah, Matrix style. Yeah. Snowpiercer, your favourite film, is becoming reality.
1: (laughs) Guys, you can't just scorch the sky and keep scorching the sky until humanity (laughs) no longer has the physical capability to scorch the sky and then the sky gets unscorched and then all of the fucking heat that's been blocked out by the scorching hits the earth at once. You can't do that. (laughs) Guys, you're not allowed... (laughs) Or someone tell me they're not allowed to do that.
0: Well, okay. So the the things that they have announced that they're going to spend money on are hydrogen hubs and carbon capture and storage. So um, carbon capture and storage, we'll do that one first. It's a well-known total crock of shit. I think we've talked about it on the show before. It is conceptually designed to allow fossil fuel companies to get funding from climate change related budget items yeah like that's literally the purpose of carbon capture and storage the basically idea is a box that goes on top of your coal-fired power plant that catches carbon i do you can bury it or whatever um it's been decades away from being viable, viable for literally decades that uh, and in my entirely unqualified opinion it will never be effective um and like the climate because it's emergency, not a fucking solution it's not it's it's
1: another misdirect yep and, yeah. and
0: it's a misdirect that puts money in the hands of people who own coal-fired power plants. I think that's a really crucial yeah. element of this I'd to, to that keep i say that that's a view. fairly
1: central yes. criticism.
0: <laughs> and um, the hydrogen thing, uh, it's, it's all over the news. I can't be bothered to explain hydrogen power, but basically it's it's a type of fuel.
1: Hydrogen, well, it's storage for energy. It it's, is. It's a battery. And so the emissions don't come from the fucking battery they come from the power Mm -hmm. how you produce the power Mm -hmm. that goes into the battery Mm -hmm. what what power are you producing how are we producing power scott uh, don't
0: worry they use they're making clean hydrogen zach now clean hydrogen is not a thing um the distinction is made between (laughs) green hydrogen which is made with renewable power and blue hydrogen which is made from natural gas And Scott Morrison and his crew are saying clean hydrogen, which sounds like green, but actually means not green. Um, And look, honestly, blue hydrogen is not the worst thing in the world. In theory, it can be zero carbon, but it still involves gas mining, uh, adds a huge amount of unnecessary risk, destroys indigenous land. And like 10% of Australia's emissions are fugitive emissions from gas
1: mining. So like... it's bad. We could just you make mean, green hydrogen
0: instead. We, we have that power. We have the technology. Um, I think
1: instead we should probably just crack the earth open with a mixture of high pressure poison. Uh-huh. And slap a giant cup down on top of the crack. <laughs> and whatever we get in the big cup, we'll use that for power. And if sun happens to escape, well, you know, <laughs> nah, fuck it. I can't even see it anyway. I
0: know. We can just set it on fire and that way it'll be carbon dioxide That's instead really, of methane. Really we'll smart. be able to see it right there.
1: In general, just as a blanket rule, in favor of setting stuff on fire. (laughs) Yep, that's right. If any of these solutions involve burning shit, I'm on board. Yep.
0: And look, Zach, you already said we have the technology to change to a zero emissions economy over a couple of years. We've got renewable power generation, electric vehicles, get rid of animal agriculture, grow vast fields of hemp for carbon sequestration. Like, it's not... It's not complex. We literally can do it. We um, know how to do this it. This announcement is a total bullshit smokescreen of a woozle wazzle. Everyone knows that. Everyone in the government, everyone in the media, everyone in the international climate negotiation scene, you and me and our listeners now know it's a fucking wozzle wuzzle. But this leads us to our actual broken clock for the week. Oh, say what you will about Pauline. Corey
1: Paul Bernadi right about this. You know, one. you
0: have to hand it to ISIS. I don't normally
1: agree with Channel Seven. <laughs> Zach, this is your favorite philanthropist. Oh, no.
0: Andrew Twiggy Forrest, the CEO of Fortescue Metals Group. Has uh, he been
1: doing good again? He has,
0: yeah. Well, a little bit of good. It's not too much. So Fortescue is a big Australian mining company. Uh, They've said that they're going to go net negative with carbon by 2030, so in the next nine years. Um, So that's cool. Uh, I didn't realize this, but apparently Fortescue doesn't mine coal, which makes this announcement significantly less significant because it's like, like oh you're not actually digging up high, high no, carbon things no they're an iron ore company yeah yeah uh, they do produce emissions and it's funny that a mining company is just like miles ahead of the government um and like yeah i don't know i don't really have a, a well thought out point here but like the alp tried to do a bunch of you know ca- carbon tax mining tax and all the mining companies were like ruh, 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 ruh. and now it seems like the social mood has changed a bit but we have a government in power who's just not interested in utilizing that mobilization in the slightest so yeah uh, fortescue is actually investing in actual green hydrogen they're investing in r&d for electric heavy industry vehicles like for mining and stuff which like sure i guess that's technically a good thing and like you know uh weak doge tiny little weak doge government oh, we don't need to set targets we're investing in research and development for useless shit strong doge mining sector. (laughs) We're setting more ambitious targets than most nations and investing R&D for actual useful emissions reduction technology. So, you know, to be clear, absolutely fuck Twiggy Forest. Absolutely fuck Fortescue Metals. They're still destroying indigenous land. They're they're destroying the planet. Yes. Fuck them. Twiggy's still on the cashless card thing. He's a terrible person, but like that's what Broken
1: Clock is for, right? That is what Broken Clock is for. And look, if Twiggy is going to reduce emissions, I will say that that is uncomplicatedly a bad a good thing <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't quite bring yourself to say, say it could you it, could my, you, my mouth got in the way of my there. brain yeah um look i'm sure if i thought about it long enough i could figure out a way that this is actually a terrible thing <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm sure it is so <laughs> we've already recorded 90 minutes of yeah, podcast so, let's, so um, let's stop now we'll come back to it um <laughs> i mean i feel like the main mess the, the main takeaway there is that Jesus Christ, our government is just... Really bad. Just so bad. And how embarrassing for us as a nation to be... Ushering in oblivion with this group of absolute fucking buffoons at the helm. I mean... It's so far, Bob, beyond the point of parody. <laughs> like... Yep. We've been chuckling, but it's really hard not to just feel very sad about all mm-hmm. this.
0: It's funny. I always get really depressed when there's, like, grassroots action about climate change. And, like, not when Scott Morrison embarrasses the country on an international stage. I don't know. Maybe I should talk to my therapist about that.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's just doing exactly what you expect That's him true. to be doing. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, look... If anyone knows how to um, get the government to stop killing us, please let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a potluck. Um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Leave us
0: reviews. We love reviews. We, we haven't got any for like months, literally months.
1: Apple Podcasts, yeah. reviews. Follow us on Spotify. Spotify, follow. Uh, Patreon, Pod, one US dollar a month, bonus episodes, Discord. Oh, yeah.
0: Bonus episodes, uh, yeah, um, we didn't do any last month because Zach was away, so we're going to uh, have one coming out in the next couple of days. We're going to be reading Gina, Heine- uh, Gina Reinhardt's joke book, it's called Jokes and Joys.
1: And it's dedicated to Aussie Mother. Yeah,
0: so if, if you like the Twice. sound of just awful jokes and joys,
1: um, head on over if you like to Patreon. like the sound of us reading boomer memes for an hour, yeah. boy have I got a Patreon for you. That's right. Um, and then we're going to do another one, uh, another bonus episode right at the beginning of May. And then we're going to do another bonus episode at the end of May, thus catching and up. we'll all be caught up. We'll yep. be all, we'll be all caught up. So sorry for the lack of bonus content for the last few weeks. Um, yeah, it's, it's a coming. Yeah. It's, it's on its way. Hot content, uh, for your eardrums. Uh, is that it for the business? I think so. Right. Now it's time for a game. What's Bakel been up to this week?
0: Um, he's been alright. Yeah, he has been you know keeping on going, going without training. I went to the vet today to get an Adaptil collar, which is mm. a pheromone collar that yeah. contains I have spray. Yeah, uh, synthetic dog appeasing pheromone, yeah. which I th- a canine they, appeasing pheromone. Sorry, they I love that. Name.
1: The uh, the pheromones emitted by the mum. Exactly. So it makes yeah. them feel like a tiny little puppy. Yeah, it does. Um, it, do, it helps. Does really help calm Dante down.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but th- my local pet shop has stopped selling them because they're just like fucking expensive they, yeah it's, yeah. Really, yeah. Um, but it's they like recommend- 80 dollars
1: for a tiny bottle of the spray
0: they recommended a different product which is a tryptophan based treat that apparently chills them out oh, so okay um uh I, I bought them they're expensive as far as treats go but like I'm, I'm gonna give them like you know a couple in the morning and hope it, it helps uh so yeah I, I don't know i literally just bought that this morning um and bagel was chill on our walk this morning but like yeah who knows
1: it's a sample size of one. Exactly. It's yeah.
0: very... I think also the, like, active time is... It does, He was just chill anyway. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I'm
1: hopeful. Uh, yeah, Dan, uh, I like giving Dante a bit of adaptable because um, it means that I get to put on his little bandana. Mm-hmm. I sprayed on the bandana. and He looks very handsome in his bandana. Mm. Um, he's he's had a pretty good week. He's got tucked down p- now pretty Great. much. That's um, awesome. Though I kind of, like... You know, the, it should really work like he should do a sphinx down, mm-hmm. right? Where the the dog is kind of like, they, they lie down, but they're all nice in a straight line. Mm-hmm. And Dante instead does a relaxed or like croissant shaped I see. down. Uh-huh. So the, the idea is that he tucks himself under the chair. But in fact, what he does is like sort of sit one of the legs. up with his back against the chair and then just like flops down, <laughs> like basically at my feet, but sort of all over the place. Yep. And I don't have the heart to tell. him mean, that's <laughs> not exactly what job, it... Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the trick is like, I, I, I think it's actually um, something that they teach to guide dogs to basically keep them out of the way. Yeah, Like, makes you know, on yeah. public transport yeah, or yeah. in, um, you know... Cinemas or whatever. Exactly. You know, you tuck yourself in. I don't really need Dante to stay out of the way. That's right. He's not a staying out of the way kind of guy No,
0: he No, he, he's quite in the way.
1: Yeah. But it's nice to like, you know, he understands the command. He knows what I want. He will do it if I give him a little piece of vegan cheese. And, uh, you know, it's always nice when uh, to, yeah, when, you, it'll, when it'll your little still. guy learns a new trick. Yeah. you know? Maybe I'll post a video of that to the Instagram if I remember. Yeah, please do. I if you want to see, see, see that, hassle me. Because I'll forget probably. But send, them, you know, send us a message in the Discord or whatever.
0: All right, cool. Uh, that's it.
1: That's it. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, we'll catch you next week for more episodes of Two Gentlemen discuss the news. That's a callback, so it's not it a is. joke. No, but no, it's like I structurally... like the second one much more than the first one. Yeah, well, there you yeah. go. Great. Yeah, it, it was well, it was worth it then. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. We'll keep on snacking in the free world.
0: Uh, fuck socialist alternative and then newspaper red flag. <laughs>
1: crunch crunch. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> Look, if you if you write for Red Flag and you're listening... You're cool. Feel free to quote us again and more. That's yeah. fine. Okay? Noon doesn't speak for... <laughs>
0: more than 50% of us. Yeah, yeah. That's right.
1: And, you know, he's physically smaller than me. So...